We shared that Casting Crown song with you called The Word of Truth. Because no matter what our world shares with us, when we measure it up against God's Word, we'll see what the truth is. Scripture tells us the truth will set you free. When we know the truth, it's easier to take all of our thoughts captive in order to obey Christ. Andrew, you did a great job this morning. Um, it's not easy looking out at all these people, but before you go sit down, Andy and I want to play a little game with you. I have this special jacket that I had made. <laughs> I want to make Andrew uncomfortable. Here, come over here so everybody can see you. <laughs> kind of how we made you feel uncomfortable. I want you to think back to that opening video. What are some things you saw on that that, that you were just like, whoa, that was shocking? It's okay. Say it. Skip church. Yeah, that, that's something the world would tell you to do. What were some other things you saw in there? All right, gay pride event. What were some other things you saw in that video? Islam is the way. Islam is the way. What else did you see? Crying for help. Yeah, cry for help, drugs and alcohol. What else did you see? Pro-choice. Refugees not welcome. Did you guys see the picture of loneliness and despair? Hang on, it's not quite tight enough. <laughs> loneliness and despair comes about. What else? Maybe it wasn't on the video. Maybe it's something that's happening in your life. What else do we have that takes us captive? Dysfunction takes us captive. Let me know if that's too heavy. Doesn't really matter. It's okay if it is. Huh? Doesn't matter now. No, it doesn't matter. All right, there we go. That's, uh, it's kind of like that. You see, we look at a lot of these things in our world and we think, it's not that big of a deal. Then all of a sudden, we're caught up in it. We can't break free. He's really buckled. He really is chained. I bet if we had a $100 bill, you couldn't get out of that. Well, you might. You might be able to rip it because it's not an official straight jacket. But this is how we view some of these things. It comes across our TV screen and we say, oh, that's their problem. That's not my problem. It's happening over in their country. or It's happening, it's happening in, in D.C. It's not happening in Huntsville. It's happening somewhere else. It's not my problem. And we do all that and we get all caught up in it. If we were to throw him in a pool right now, what are the odds that he wouldn't make it back up to the surface? It's pretty good that he would drown in it. And what started off fun, all of a sudden becomes serious. Wouldn't you say, Andy? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to take Andrew back here for a little bit so he can relax. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, go ahead and open them to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to be diving into God's Word. Now that we've had a little fun with Andrew, let's see what, what God's Word really says about taking every thought captive. Beginning in chapter 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who I am, I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent. I ask you when I am present, I need not behold with the confidence with which I, I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. You are looking at things as they are outwardly. If anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again within himself, that just as he is Christ, so also are we. For even if I boast somewhat further about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be put to shame. I want you now to take a minute to, t- to pause and to reflect on all the other sources of knowledge that we depend on without question. Each, each and every day, uh, we're bombarded by different sources of information. We turn on the news. We click on that article on Facebook that our friend just posted. We read a story in a magazine, and, and, and all of a sudden, we take it as auto, auto, absolute truth. And then we pick up our Bible, and we question every little detail, everything about it. What's the truth? Why do we do this? It's because when we look at other sources, they are about other people and their lives, about their problems, about their sin. But the Bible, on the other hand, when we read it and we start to really dive in, we realize the Bible is really all about us. It's, it's often very personal to us. So we want, it, we want it to say what we want it to say. We want to hear what we want to hear. We'd rather read the Bible like we read those other sources a lot of times. Like it's for other people and not for us. We don't like to read things like the last shall be first, or there's that little part in there of, of how we're supposed to serve and be disciples of all nations. We tell ourselves, you know what? Those words that Jesus said, we tell ourselves, those, are, those words are for other people. They're not for me. We even sit through therm- sermons with this mindset. Man, I wish so-and-so was here. They really need to hear the words, these words that, that John's preaching this morning. Newsflash, you're here. You need to hear those words. This message is for you. Paul calls us to hold our thoughts captive, though, and though it was clear, he was so passionate about what he was talking about here. 2 Corinthians verse 1, he even says, he urges, he appeals, and he begs for the members of the church to take every thought captive. A warning And John kind of already alluded to it. This scripture about holding every thought captive in in this verse, uh, in verse 5, may be one of those you may want to skip over. It's going to make some of us extremely uncomfortable this morning. You see, when we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, it changes the way we see things. It changes the way we do things. So what does that mean for our relationships? What, What would it look like if we took every thought captive to the obedience of Christ right here at Huntsville Christian Church. It means we would forgive one another sooner. It means we wouldn't hold grudges. We wouldn't say things like, bless their heart. That's just how they are, but we love them anyways. It means that here in God's church, we would focus on restoration more than we would focus on mistakes that are made. You see, if we use this one statement, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, our accountability with one another would be different. 
I think our transparency with one another would be different. Our intentionality and how we reach out to others, how we serve in our community would be different if we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. If we truly put into practice the action of taking every thought captive, how would that change your demeanor at your job? How would that change the way you look at your job? How would that change the way you treat your coworkers? For those of you who are in school, how would that change the way you treat teachers and principals and fellow classmates? If you took every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, how would that change the way you treat your family? Even, even that one uncle that everybody always has to talk about. If we take every thought captive, it should change the way we think about them, the way we treat them. How about the way you treat your spouse? You see, I believe that if we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, selfishness in marriage would disappear. I believe that arguments over things that don't really matter would become obsolete. If we truly do this, I think divorce among Christians would dwindle. Because when we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we have to accept that everything is forgivable. But we don't like that, do we? We like that our sins are forgivable, but what Andy does can't be forgivable. I mean, after all, he's not me. That's how we think. When we actively live out what we find in the Word of God, I think we will resolve our issues differently in all of our relationships, work, church, home, school, friends. I think we'll resolve our issues differently. I think when we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we will find strength in our marriage. We will find strength in our families that we didn't know before. We will find strength in our relationships with one another. We'll find strength in our accountabilities with one another. To take every thought captive, Christian, will indeed strengthen your morals and your character. It will help you to be in line with God. We had a conversation about that this last week with Andrew. We were like, hey, what's the difference between your morals and your character? And Andrew said, you know what? Your morals are like lessons learned in life. Things you learn to agree or disagree with. They're what you take a stand on. He said, your character is what you take from those lessons. We thought, man, that's pretty good. Your character is what is within you. Character helps to strengthen your morals. Because division occurs when we let our thoughts take us captive. Or when we let the world's thoughts take us captive. And when this happens, division occurs in our marriages, in our families. Division occurs in our relationships with others. You know, most, most divorces happen because we don't take every thought captive to the obedience for Christ. We take every thought captive for our own desires or selfishness. We forget that all things are forgivable. We hold grudges instead of allowing grace. And those grudge, grudges become deep chasms of separation that we can no longer cross over by ourselves. When we don't take every thought captive for Christ, division occurs not only in our families, but it occurs in our morals and in our character. Have you ever fought with yourself about what you should do? A situation at work or at home or at school or just in church? Have you ever really wrestled with yourself? In 1949, Jackie Robinson would become the first person to break the color barrier in Major League Baseball. This wouldn't happen without the help of the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time, Branch Rickey. It is said that in 1945, a few days before Jackie Robinson would sign his contract with a uh, minor league contract with the Dodgers. 
Branch Rickey would have one of those kind of moments where you would fight about with yourself of, on, what, on what you should do. At the time, Branch Rickey went to meet with his pastor, Reverend Fifield. On this day in 1947, Rickey was, was, was bearing the pressure of not only making one of the most important decisions of his life, but one of the most important decisions for the history of the United States. Branch Rickey would spend the afternoon pacing the office of Reverend Fifield, walking back and forth. He thought about every nuance of that decision. He was a precise man who thought about every single detail. As you know, Branch Rickey would go on to make the decision that would ultimately change the course of history forever. This is what he said about that decision. Someday I'm going to have to stand before God, and if he asks me why I didn't let that Jackie Robinson fellow play ball, I don't think saying because the color of his skin would be a good enough answer. You see, when we don't take every thought captive for Christ, division also occurs within our churches. We have thousands of different denominations because Christians can't work out their differences. You would think God's people would be the first ones to work out their differences. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Religious people choose to, to take what they like or what they are comfortable with from God's Word and make it their own. And, and then they build churches on those thoughts rather than take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The sad thing is, we think we are being the obedient ones to God when we, when we do this. Proverbs chapter 35-6 says this, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to his words, or he will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. When the church takes every thought captive for Christ, church, it can't do anything but grow. It can't help itself because that's the contagious, that's, that's the contagious attitude that comes out of us. Remember that time when you were first baptized? How excited you were? How you came up out of that watery grave? You were so excited. You wanted to shout it from the mountains. How amazing our God is. How amazing in that feeling to have freedom in Christ is. As we come to our response time this morning, we'd like for you to think about the thoughts that have taken you captive lately. They may not be like the pictures in our introduction video. Maybe the thought that has taken you captive is something like, is God really enough for whatever it is you're going through right now? Maybe the thought that has taken you captive is jealousy for what your neighbor seems to have that you are lacking. Maybe the thought that is taking you captive is how you are torn, trying to be there for your family and your job and your friend that needs encouragement all at the same time. Maybe the thought that has taken you captive lately is actually Satan whispering in your ear, you're not good enough. God's not going to forgive that. You're not what God can love. Or maybe he's whispering, go ahead, do that. No one has to know. Log into that website. You're not hurting anyone. It's only a sin if you get caught. It's just lunch with an old boyfriend or girlfriend. You're just catching up. It's okay. Sometimes the thought that takes us captive is justification for whatever it is that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. Psalm 18 verse 30 says, As for God, His way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. If you're struggling with how to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, start with Psalm 1830. 
If you don't know where to go to begin changing your mindset, know that God's way is blameless. His word is tried. He is our shield. And when we take refuge in him rather than in the ways of the world, you know, when it comes right down to it, the ultimate goal when you take every thought captive is freedom that we have in Christ. Christ came before us. He died for us. He rose from the dead. He's preparing a place for us now. And it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It doesn't matter what's taking you captive. It doesn't matter what games you've been playing. What matters, though, is that you're ready for that freedom in Christ. What matters is that you don't want to be like this anymore. You see, the way I see it, we can slow down and we can focus and we can do whatever it takes to take every thought captive for Christ. Or we can be like our illustration here and allow our thoughts to take us captive. And let me tell you, they will. Not only will they take you captive, but they will keep you in such bondage you'll feel that you won't see the light of day. And once that happens, it's only through Christ, through allowing Him to take our thoughts captive for Him, that we can shake off these chains that bind us, that we can break free from the hole that the straitjacket of lies keeps us in. As we stand and prepare to sing our response song this morning, Andy's going to pray. As he prays, I want you to think on the things that have taken you captive and respond accordingly. Let's stand and pray. Father God in heaven, God, we come to you this morning knowing that this world, this, the, this flesh of ours just always tends to, to hold our thoughts captive. God, this morning that we pray that we can focus on, in on you, that God, your thoughts would be our thoughts. God, I know there's people in this room who, who are ready to have freedom in you. And God, I pray, that, I pray for them and I lift them up to you. God, I pray that we can be free from all sin. And God, this morning as we, we come to our response time, I pray that if there's anyone that just has anything on their hearts or is just ready to have freedom in you, that they would come forward this morning. God, thank you that we can, can lean toward the Bible, toward your word. God, we pray this morning that, that your voice would be the only truth that we hear in our lives this week and, and for always. God, thank you for, for what you're doing in our lives, and we thank you for, for all that you've done for us. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been great to be here with all of you this morning, to worship with you, to challenge you with God's word, but now it's time to go. As you go this morning, think about what it looks like for you to take every thought captive for Christ. Not not just this morning, not just today, not just tomorrow, not just this week, this whole month. Think about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Will you sing this last song with us?